what is covenant? How is it different from, say, a contract? And um, do the biblical covenants apply to us today? Uh, and if so, does the Bible offer biblical blueprints to deal with life and with crisis? And my argument is that, yes, they do. And uh, so we go through the seven major covenants of Scripture and explore which ones are unilateral, which ones are bilateral, and how we incorporate that truth into our, truth into our lives today. And in my view, it gives us a comprehensive view of life, that life is not random, but instead it's orchestrated by God. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. During the coronavirus lockdown, I reconnected with some of my former guests from Along the Way in a special series that I'm calling The Quarantine Checkups. I recorded a lot of these conversations, but before I released all of them, my TV production work picked back up. So now I want to finish releasing these conversations from during the height of the lockdown. This quarantine checkup is with archaeologist, teacher, and author Dr. Scott Stripling. If you are new to Along the Way, all of my episodes can be found at alongtheway.media, and you can like me on Facebook and follow me on Instagram. Well, Scott Stripling, it's good to see you again. It's been a little while since we did the podcast episode, and I have gotten a lot of compliments from that episode where people were just so excited to hear what you had to say, because we were t- we talked about everything that was going on in Shiloh, and that was right around the same time that all of a sudden the Jerusalem Post started talking about some of the things that we discussed on the podcast. So I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a breaking news story. So thank you for giving me that <laughs> scoop. But how are you doing during this quarantine time? Uh, John, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on and the opportunity to just talk about some of these uh, really interesting things and interesting times. Yeah. So you're obviously not able to dig right now where you don't want to, you're, you're not able to play in the dirt like you normally would be this time of year. No, um, that's, uh, we're sort of coming to terms with that. We've canceled the first half of our dig season and pretty soon we've got to make a decision on the rest. But um, while it does look like things are turning for the good, I'm not sure it will be in time for us to excavate this summer. Sure. Now, what does it take for you to get something like that started back up again? Well, we have a pretty fine-tuned machine. So, um, you know, we're just in, in communication with our, our team. And we were expecting the largest group ever this summer. I mean, mm-hmm. we were um, between 150 and 200 volunteers we were expecting. And so it's a big disappointment to a lot of people. But, you know, we'll just keep everyone on, on standby and keep them apprised. And then we already have our dig dates for next summer. We may do a winter project as well and give okay. folks a chance to come out and participate in that. Yeah, that's interesting. So I know, like, you have to get authority, or you have to get approval from the the different authorities um, in Israel to be able to do that dig. Is this window that you have is that getting extended because you can't dig right now? What's what's happening with that kind of stuff? Yeah, we uh, licenses in Israel are renewed annually, and okay. so um, you know we we do have a license for this calendar year. So in the fall, I'll just simply you know reapply for the the next year. Okay. So it's it's not something where you have like five years and that you got to get everything done there. And uh, uh, sometimes but, it is. Uh, but yeah. in my case, it's not it's sort of open ended. You know, we we went into this saying to, to answer our original research questions was going to be about a seven year process. And then it's renewable uh, each year. Okay. After that. Okay. So, Scott, being that you can't play around in the in the dirt right mm-hmm. now, what have you been doing during this time where we're all kind of locked up? 
<laughs> well, uh, people might find it interesting that a lot of archaeology does not take place in the field, but it's digging in libraries and museums and databases and, you know, excavating through old uh, reports. And so that's what I've been doing a lot of uh, the time is just researching on our final volumes on Kerbid el Makater, our previous dig, getting that ready, <clears throat> which God willing, uh, in the next few months, we'll be finished with that. And uh, then also working on some research for our Shiloh project. Are you writing during this time as well? Yes. So I'm doing a lot of writing uh, pretty much throughout the day. I've got different writing projects. Um, interestingly, we had planned a, a, the release of a book called The Power of Covenant in Times of Crisis, uh, maybe six months ago that Dr. Ralph Peel and I started working on this, uh, having no idea that it would drop during the midst of a crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, I think yesterday was number four on the Amazon uh, top seller list, The Power of Covenant in Times of Crisis. So, uh, you know, that shares some of my views of how, as believers, we would respond in a time of crisis. And folks can, you know, just go to Amazon and check it out. So I'm definitely gonna have to get a link for that to put in the in the show notes there. But what are some things that you can tell us about that? What we do in the book is we explore just what is covenant? How is it different from, say, a contract? And um, do the biblical covenants apply to us today? Uh, and if so, does the Bible offer biblical blueprints to deal with life and with crisis? And my argument is that, yes, they do. And mm -hmm. uh, so we go through the seven major covenants of scripture and explore which ones are unilateral, which ones are bilateral, and how we incorporate that truth into our, truth into our lives today. And in my view, it gives us a comprehensive view of life, that life is not random, but instead it's orchestrated by God. Very cool. Very cool. So what's the title, what's the title of that book? And I know so we can get it on Amazon, but yes, uh, how do we get that as well? Uh, the Power of Covenant in Times of Crisis. We priced the Kindle so ridiculously cheap, uh, $2.99. Uh, so if anyone even like I can me, afford yeah, that. I can afford that. Love me, they, they just have to <laughs> like me to get that. But if they love me, then they can buy the print version. And I think we're at $14.99 or something like that uh, for the print version. Okay. Okay. So you told me about another project that you're in, you're co-authoring or you're collaborating with. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. You, folks will find this really interesting. It's called Five Views of the Exodus, and it's a Zondervan text. And so I write the early date view, um, which I would call the biblical date or the early date view, and then four other authors take different views. And so it's, I think it's really a healthy approach because each one of us makes our, our case uh, in 10,000 words. Then we get 2,000 words to respond to each other. And then oh, we wow. get 1,000 words to respond to the response. And so it's a really healthy way, I think, of hashing through ideas. That must have taken a while to get all of that compiled together. Because first you had to write your own thing. Then you had to read everybody else's once they met their deadlines. And then you had to write responses to all of those and then a response to your own one. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it really is. And it did take time, but um, you asked what I've been doing with my time. That's, yeah. know, that's part of it. That's part of it. When does that come out? Um, at the end of 2020. So a few months from now, okay. because we're turning in in another week or so, our final rejoinders. And then Zondervan needs a few months to put it all together and release it end of 2020 or early sure. 2021. Very interesting. Yeah. So, Scott, what has God been teaching you or speaking to you during this time on a personal level? 
Uh, I, I had a continual, continual reminder that he's sovereign, he's in control, and that nothing happens without his permission. And if he allows it, then it's good for me, even unto death. And that's what it means to be a follower of Christ, that I have, I have given up my life. I have followed him, and um, every, every day that I have is a bonus. And I really mm-hmm. believe that the things that are happening are not random. They caught us by surprise, but they didn't catch God by surprise. And so that's the sense that I, I felt God has been speaking to me and that I've been, been trying to share with others. Very good. Very good. So where do you see hope moving forward? That's something that I'm asking everybody. Where do you see God, where do you see God's hope moving forward? Um, I'm an optimist by nature and um, and an extrovert by nature. So, you know, being homebound is not an easy thing for me. I'm out and about a little bit every day just to, you know, keep my sunny disposition. Um, theologically, I would say that the future belongs to God. It's very bright. Um, I, I believe that the the gospel is making an enormous difference in the world um, with the present, you know, COVID nineteen and how we're going to get through there. I certainly have opinions. I don't know if they're any better than anyone mm-hmm. else's opinions. I I tend to think that there was a, a bit of an overreaction or uh, a, a choice to interpret the data in certain ways that um, that I wish we had not. Um, so I. I I think we will real quickly over the next four to six weeks see a return to normalcy. But again, I'm no expert on on public <laughs> academic, uh, epidemics or pandemics. Yeah, well, since we've been listening to a lot of experts that have been wrong about a lot of things, I think <laughs> your well, value, right? I think your opinion is just as valid as okay. theirs. But. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, Scott, thanks so much for allowing me to just kind of check up on you along your way. Hey, I appreciate it. And I ask all your folks to to pray for us. Uh, Keep up with our dig at digshiglet.org. My personal website is scottstripling.net. And then I think you're going to put in a link to the book. So love to hear from folks and glad that I was uh, able to talk with you. If you want to hear Scott's full episode of Along the Way, I'll be putting a link to that as well as his other info in the show notes. Along the Way is part of the Charisma Podcast Network. You can find Along the Way and many other great Charisma podcasts at cpnshows.com. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this episode with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That will help more people discover Along the Way. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey, and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is sponsored by Crave Frozen Desserts, which is by far my favorite ice cream. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, then you are in luck. Crave Frozen Desserts is open from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and they are located at 751 Pittsburgh McKeesport Boulevard, Dravosburg, PA, 15034. I'll put a link to their Facebook page in the show notes and tell them that you heard them from along the way.